0: hey everyone welcome to the podcast pathless followed my name is andy garcia checking in from auckland new zealand and it's a pleasure to have you here today and joining us on this podcast we've got an excellent topic today you know me i'm passionate about animal health especially when it comes to holistic health care being a holistic animal health practitioner so today my guest is an animal healer who also owns animals body mind and spirit she's an in-depth she, she brings an in-depth holistic approach offering multiple wellness modalities so please welcome my guest today nicola richardson how you doing nicola
1: i'm doing great thank you andy thank you for having me
0: Absolutely. I'm really glad that you're able to join us today. Now, um, I see with your story here that you're originally from Rotorua, New Zealand. So shout out to Sulphur City. Is that, how long did you live in, in Rotorua?
1: How long did I live there? Yeah. Oh, just, uh, I think I, I was just I think I was just a year old, and then we moved up to Auckland. Yeah, so we grew up with okay. all my family's in Auckland, really. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm at too, the north part of Auckland as well. But you shifted over to Canada. So please, just want to just tell us your story. And, and you know, we start, you start, of course, you were born in in Rotorua. Uh, did you grow up in Auckland? Or, you know, talk, talk a little bit about your, your story.
1: Yeah, no, I, um, I I grew up in Auckland. I, I, um, we shifted over to Canada when I was around eight years old. My father was transferred to Canada, for to Toronto, actually. So I did the rest of my growing up there, lost my accent and everything, of course, traveling through high school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: and, then, um, and then from there, once I graduated, um, I, I met my husband and we started traveling around the world. So we've been in many countries around the world, Belgium and Singapore, all over. And um, yeah, yeah. So worked worked, worked corp- corporately for, for the corporate arena for quite a while. And I got onto animal, onto animals, um, because of course you watch your own animals, and you're like, hmm, this doesn't make sense. What's going on to me? So I started investigating more into what was happening to them. Yeah, under my healthcare. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly, exactly. You know, and it's usually something that happens, and you know, in terms of health to our animals, that kind of can springboard us in a different direction because we're not getting the results that we're looking for, or it's a repetitive, um, condition that keeps flaring up and flaring up and there's another bandaid, you know, and it flares up again. So let's talk about, you know, your journey and what was that transitional moment that made you start to look down a different path?
1: I think there's a few when we first moved to Singapore, I had, um, we, uh, We uh, took our our Labrador with us. She was our first dog. And one night this dog, she was scooting herself like her whole body across the floor. Like she just couldn't stay still. She was so uncomfortable. Now I know now with what I know that it was gas. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the problem is, uh, well, the, the, the issue then was that I took her to a lot of vets and nobody could tell me it was the food. And I just came home and I said, after paying all money, I said, you know what, it's gotta be the food. So I just took her off the food and I started cooking for her and doing my own thing. The the, the sad thing was, is I actually didn't investigate canine diet that heavily. I just went with my own uh, instincts because then the internet wasn't, it was up, but it wasn't that prominent then. And um, so that was my first thing was to say, hmm, okay, food's not okay. And, uh, and then, um, and then she died a few years later and it was because she was vaccinated at 12 years old oh. and, and yeah, cause you know, you follow, you follow the vets, you follow what you're given. You think you're doing the best by your animal and everybody knows, you know, what they're doing and, and you're like, she, she died terribly. And, and, uh, the vaccinations blew her heart up. And I had her autopsied, and nobody would tell me exactly what they found. And then I started searching for hol- someone holistic. And I found this homeopathic vet in Belgium. And he's like, he's fantastic because he's like, he's got the big old jars on the shelves, you know, with all the organs in them. And he's walking in these the old leather chairs, and nothing smells medicinal. It just smells like a place of healing, right? Yep. And, uh, and and all the bookshelves are but like the everything's just lined. The walls just lined with books and organs and all kinds of stuff. Right? And he's like, okay, you know, he gets down the floor with your dog and goes, okay, this is what you're doing. And so, so he started talking to me about healthcare and and about the food and what we're doing to them and. I have to say i never forget because i was sitting there and there's tears running down my face okay i'm crying because i have two other animals still okay i'm doing all everything that that I've thought i thought i everything i was doing my other dog i was doing with them and i remember just sitting there and i just tears rolling down my face and it was like someone had taken a, a hammer and hit me on the head <laughs> yeah. i never forget because it was like these the shells of around my head, around my mind, I I, I had to sit there and go, when did I stop questioning? When did I just accept stuff or what was told to me as, 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 as as fact and truth? And when did I stop like looking at stuff? And I just couldn't remember. And I, I just, just my whole being said, Oh my goodness, look what I've been (laughs) participating in. Right. And, um, and he was wonderful, but it, it still takes a while for your human psyche to catch up with what you real what really is going on, and and that took me quite a few years. And then um, then uh, my Labrador, another Labrador we had, she's five years old. Does she not first of all get distemper? We healed that. We couldn't figure out what. That's another discussion about distemper. Um, and then she gets. Then she got heart failure. <laughs> Wow. So, so she, they send her, we're in the Netherlands, and they're going to send her home to die, they're, and, uh, and I looked at her, and I go, I don't know what's going on here, but you most certainly don't look like you need, you want to leave yet, so let's figure out how we, how do we heal you? And we put her on tonics and all kinds of stuff, and nine months later, she's back, back to normal. So those are my catalysts. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. Oh my you catalysts. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I had a similar situation, too, with a story that I tell quite often when I'm teaching you know, basic first aid, um, especially around using essential oils, you know, high-quality essential oils for yeah. basic health care. And I tell my story in the beginning of that presentation, too, of an American Bulldog that we lost one month after she was the flower girl in our wedding and it absolutely destroyed our life and it was uh, you know in terms of you know broke our heart should i say not destroyed our life but broke our heart and same thing it was an enlarged heart and we were told there's absolutely nothing we can do and back then we didn't even realize you know what holistic health care or natural health really even was i mean my wife had a little bit of experience she went to a real holistically minded um, nursing school up in northern california and so she had somewhat of an idea which led us down the path to go, okay, well, you know, the, the emergency vet saying there's nothing we can do. And then we went to a heart specialist the next day. Um, nothing we can do. She's got about six months to live and we can give her diuretics. And then we went and then my wife says, well, there's a holistic bet down the road. And so we went to him, but even he, he didn't really have much else too, besides just change the diet, which kind of made us start to think after she passed, like, Oh, wow the diet, it must play a bigger role than we actually thought. You know, I thought we had her on good food, you know, the, the $50 bag of kibble. I thought that was a good great food to have her on, you know, but anyways, I, I lost, we lost her and it, I wish we could have done more. And I wish I would have known what I know now, you know, so it's, it's, it's interesting that we have similar heart failure stories, you know, and you actually had two of them and, um, you know, I'm glad that you were able to, you know, save that second one. So. It, where does your practice come into play? So it was it after that situation where you said, you know what, I'm dedicating my journey to, you know, natural animal health, or how does that come? How do you, how do you, how do you launch your practice?
1: Um, I think when, when she died, when she, when we healed her heart, when we, you know, the, the thing is, when you're when you're working on animals, and especially when they're your owner, really start paying attention, and you start seeing them for sentient beings. I mean, I think you always do. I think you, if, if you have an animal in your home, the average person loves them, and we, 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 of course, care for them. We'll do whatever we can for them. But are we really seeing who they are? And when when I started shifting myself, because in order to help heal the animals, I had to do a lot of self repair, um, because they're very, very honest with you. So, and in order, in order to help them, I believe there is a transparency that has to occur between the two of you, and. Um, so once we're, when we're healing the heart and I'm, I'm looking at my, my Labrador and I said, listen, okay, I, I can take you this far, but you've got to snap out of it and, and to get yourself up, up and running now. Like I, I I'll support you. And I said, to her, but I'm not, um, a big, a big transition point for me was to not ever give any more sorrow. Um, so that was huge for me to not, you know, you look at your animal and go, Oh my goodness, look at you. It's terrible. What's happening. And I, I stopped all that. I said, you know what, that doesn't help them in the slightest. It doesn't help the situation. So there was a big switch for me to say, you know, how can I help you heal? This is all I look at you. And I ever look at an animal and they're, they're suffering and they're not okay. I always look at them and say, not going to go into tears, not going to go into sadness, not going to give any of that. I'm not going anywhere near that stuff. I'm going to look at you and sit with you and go, how can I help you? And I think when we did that with her and she directed me with, with oils and all kinds of stuff to heal her heart, I was like, you know, uh, I just, this is just where I need to go. It's just where I need to be to help, help these animals be who they're meant to be and work. And I just thought we're creating so much sickness, you know, it doesn't have to be this way and a lot of pain too. Right. I mean, there, you know, these animals are going in and out of the vet office all the time, and and people, sure they're not well, but inside there's there's got to be a monumental amount of pain, right? Yes. So yeah, anyway, so it was with her is what really said, you know what? I, I'm jumping on here, I'm taking off, and here we go, and I was introduced uh, I, into healing and all kinds of stuff, but I'm sure you'll ask me some questions about that. Yeah,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> and my one of my mentors, she she says she's told me you know one time she says, you know when it comes to healing, ultimately you have to be more stubborn than the disease itself. You know, in terms of you know you you've got to raise your your approach and your your vital force to where you know you're gonna go. No, I'm not letting this thing take me down. You know, I'm gonna be more stubborn than it, and and I'm gonna be able to come through this regardless of the case you know so it's almost that fight fight versus fight you know si- situation yeah you just come at it you know same thing so i love how you brought up you know I'm, you weren't going to dwell on the situation no you were going to let's get going and let's figure out a way to get you healthy you know and uh it, it's a, it's, a, it's a great approach i love what you said there too <laughs> you explained it so well so yeah. let's talk about your oh go ahead
1: yeah no i just because i think the one thing you hear a lot out there is like, okay, let's fight cancer. Let's fight this. Let's do that. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand the body is expressing something because something's not good. So you need to give gratitude for that and say, thank you so much for highlighting body what's going on there. And okay, let's see how we can help you get back to, to, to being healthy. Right. But yes. there's, there's so much of this, you know, we're going to, you know, that the fight the fight is a negative and it's uh it's it's not an uplifting thing it's a it's like okay you know kill kill kill. (laughs) and and, but the body is in a very intelligent system and it's not doing anything just because it's 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 giving you signals to say hey we've got something really going on in here you don't pay attention you know i'm not gonna it's not we're not gonna the cells are not gonna survive right and so so i was look i always come from a point that hey This is great. Thank you so much for showing me what's going on. And let's, let's get on this right away.
0: (laughs) That's a great approach too, you know, and and that's, I guess that's, that's hard for some people to kind of go through that route, you know, because they're just so upset and whatnot. Uh, but it's, but that's a beautiful approach, you know, to take, and that's Mm -hmm. excellent wisdom that you can provide your clients. Um, let's, let's talk about your approach then when it comes to animal health care in terms of how you operate, um, you know, in general. So what, what is your approach in, to animal health?
1: Um, well, I look at, I look at everything. I look at everything is connected, I believe. So if you've got an animal, I always go to their homes usually because I get to see how they're operating within their homes. Um, I get to see how do the people get along, where's that, where's location of the dog, the animal's bed um what are they being fed what is how often they've been to the vet i scan their vet bills heavily i go through every little detail to see what exactly has been going on into their bodies and how is it and how are the symptoms um you know surfaced according to vet visits because there's usually a huge correlation and um i look at yeah how is that animal existing with other animals in the house Are, are they you know are or is everything being managed by the pe- the people in the household, or is, an, is there an animal running the household, and that could create more stress? And there's so many things to look at. It's not just it's not just one thing. It's it's how the animal's perceiving the world, and, and, and how they're, they're what they're being fed, of course, and what's going into their system, but also how they're um, living within their environment. You know, are they getting what they need for their their species needs, right? yes absolutely so so it's not it's not people would like you to come in and go okay oh yeah we'll just fix that well that's that's not how I work I work as a whole being approach I look at the whole unit of the family and the people is there divorce going on is there fighting going on how is this animal being impacted? it's never ever that simple you know
0: yes yeah, yeah. it's, it, it's not you know and, it, and, yeah. and and a lot has to do with what else is going on the environment right we would say yeah. uh, you know my approach would be like 90 percent of of uh health uh, you know in and, and illness as well relates to the environment of the animal you know yeah. toxic toxic load uh relationships between each other you know and you know i've, I've dealt with animals that have conflicting teenager, you know in their family and the animal is dealing with, you know, issues itself with anxiety, you know, my own personal experience early on with, you know, when my wife and I, when we had, when we first got married, you know, of course our, our, our first dog passed away, you know, what 30, 40 days after we were married. So, you know, mm-hmm. of course we had to have dogs in our, in our life. So we got another dog, I don't know, maybe roughly about six, eight months later, puppy, but our marriage wasn't all that strong and there was a bit of conflict. And this dog seemed to have this strange anxiety that I never had with dogs in the past. You know, it was just this strange, awkward anxiety. We're like, what's going on with the, You know, not realizing like, hey, you know, a lot of this is because of us. Yeah. And our relationship wasn't that strong. So you're absolutely correct. Environment is just so important and, mm. and whatnot. So let's talk about your modalities and what you specialize in.
1: Mm well i think i think i uh, I'm, I'm very strong in energy healing so i i can uh, i can I, I do a lot of distant healing i can feel what's going on in the body distantly if i work on an animal and usually i get a lot of messages about what's going on in that in the home then too um so that i'm very very passionate about because you can get really results quite quickly. I am huge on zoopharmacology, which is from which I was taught by the lovely Carolyn Ingram in the UK, and that's where the animals will te- tell you what's going on as far as far as their systems go and as far as stress levels and emotional levels. And now,
0: uh, how, now how does that work exactly? Uh, was that like some type of test, or I was trying to figure out, um, you know, how how that how do you, how you operate that way?
1: Okay, so for. For instance, I would go to somebody's house and I would have all uh, big bags of minerals, like tons of stuff like clay and chalk and seaweed and nettle and neum and, and, uh, spirulina and barley grass and all kinds of stuff and that and lots of oils so it's calendula oil which is the marigold flower and i've got rice bran oil which is high in high antioxidants and vitamin e and you've got saint john's wort which is good for pain you've got compree which is big for big for um, um mobility and you have all the oils and you you put them all out on the floor like i already have i've already taken their case history by now so i know what sort of what the animal is probably going to go for um, cause there's a lot to bring and I can guarantee you when, as soon as I bring my bag in the door, the animals are in the, put their heads right in the bags. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even, you can't even move. Cause they're like, they're not getting like, they're not going to like that. I'm like, this has got nothing to do with life. This is all medicinal. And this is something that people have trouble getting around their head around. Animals choose, look at their food as medicine. They don't look at their food as food so much. It is always, everything's always selected based on nutrient needs. And, um, so, you know, we put it all out because my first goal is to deal with, are they short nutritionally anywhere? And do they need to perch? Do they need to get rid of stuff in their stomach? Do they need to get rid of worms, parasites, and based on what they select, and you can't go in really with any sort of preconceived notions because you could, you could upset the selection process um so I just lay it all out and go okay go for it and then what they choose and how they choose it tells me what's going on with their system and then I know how to narrow it down but they are allowed to dictate the volumes, so I can have a dog uh uh coming in and just just selecting buckets and buckets and buckets of, of rose hips and that's all for collagen repair and um yeah and just it's it just goes a session can go from anywhere from 10 minutes to two hours. We just go, we just follow their lead. Nice.
0: I love
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, very, uh, very, very clear. And about 50% of the time is purging. There's a lot of purging. A lot of animals are holding a lot of mucus in their stomach and they have no way to get rid of it. So, because when the body has bacteria in the system, what the body does is surround it with mucus. But the thing is animals need some mechanism to kick this mucus out of their guts. And in the wild, they would go and eat eat bark and eat grass and eat all kinds of stuff to get their systems to throw it up. The problem is when they're usually out with people, if they're in the cities, they don't have the opportunity, but if they're out with some of their pet parents, what happens is that people are like, don't, don't eat grass because you'll throw up. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so there's a lot of misunderstanding about what the bot, what, what the animals are trying to do to look after themselves and people just don't want the, the mask. They want it all to be nice and tidy, but that's not how their systems work, you know, it's not how, how our systems work either. but. But um, yeah, and so once they have done all their selection with the minerals and all that kind of stuff, and I have a very good idea wh- where they need to go, if they're still willing, because it's always based on what to, we can we can't push healing, right? So, so it, sometimes the animals had enough, and you can feel it energetically. Just feel like okay, that's it. I, I just need to, I needed to break, and then I have to come back the next day to help them, yep. or or we continue on and we look at. Okay, have they selected stuff for bacteria? Have they selected stuff for stomach? Have they selected stuff for hormones? Have they selected stuff for what are they telling me? And then we go in with essential oils, really, really high grade, and and offer them and they and then they process them. They sit there and smell them.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. something that I I love using that technique as well. And kind of yeah. one of the original techniques that launched me down my, you know, animal healthcare path was using essential oils as well. You know, high quality. You know, I personally I use DoTerra's essential oils because of the testing, um, in-house testing program that they have, and the in the visible results and whatnot. And and I use that self-selection method, which I refer to when we're talking about essential oils, as the aromatic selection, um, is just so important, allowing the animal to select the oil or the substance itself so what is it what, what are your key indicators when when an animal is selecting let's say rose hip or calendula oil what are you looking for
1: um well if that if, if those are mineral like those would be minerals for me if they were going to essential oils like um on uh if you were selecting things like uh, um, anything to do with their digestive tract would be ginger and fennel to calm them down, calm the, the gut down and then you need meal or yarrow which is high um, high in antibacterials. The, the yarrow is but both of them are used to soothe the stomach lining so they can process oils further um, and they sometimes the animals want them stroked on them too so they, you can ask you must always follow the direction otherwise you could really do damage to them but then you ask them where they'd like if they like them applied anywhere. And we've had one a one dog, I think we went through two bottles of celery seed on her femoral artery. So there's they can they can they can they can taste, they can ingest it, or they can smell it, or they can have it applied to at parts of their body and they will direct you where to go. But Carol Graham, one of the fastest way into the bloodstream is on the femoral artery, which is in the between the crevice of the leg like and the, the abdomen.
0: And they'll, they'll tell you how much, you know, how much, how much to put on. Yeah. Nice. Nice. But it's incredible. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about, um, your first, you know, I know that you have had some experience with homeopathy and I believe you said you saw that holistic vet who was also a homeopath. Yeah. Um, So what, what was your first experience with homeopathy? Let's talk about that.
1: I, I don't know sure if I really remember, but he was, he was, um, uh, to heal my animals, the, the two that were left up to my first dog died. Um, you know, we, we, we got given a whole kit. So I, we have lots of kits and, um, I think Nuxvamak is my most favorite remedy ever. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I really followed his lead because I didn't really know what I was doing and, and, and it was it's quite something when you're exposed to that, like little tiny little pills or little pellets that are energy medicine and that they can actually revert, you know, heal the body or reverse symptoms and, you know, get the body moving and stuff. It's, it takes a while for you to catch up to that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so so um so yeah so we, we once you get the hang of what to do and how to do it um then it's it's absolutely fantastic because arnicas, you know for all your bruising and you don't need to bruise and calendula and your aconite for shock and and uh, you know so of course it's all constitutional and some stuff is is easy but um to use but um, in my case, as I haven't trained in it formally, like yourself, I would ref- I would go looking for someone like yourself, or go back to my vet. And go okay, I've got these p- quite a few of these symptoms. If I'm stuck, if the so cozy doesn't heal them, then, yeah. then I um,
0: then we go that way. Bring in the old homeopathy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I, I love homeopathy just because you you you've got such a, a wide range of uses from just the basic acute. Simple bruise to the in-depth mindset, emotional state of trauma that might be passed on through the generations. You know, so it works on so many different levels. Um, It is absolutely phenomenal, and the technique that I really hope you know comes back strong worldwide. That was once strong, you know, in the in the early you know 1900s. It was it was right hand in hand with you know what's looked at today as traditional medicine, right? It was hand in hand. There was just as many homeopathic, um, you know, colleges and whatnot, as there was, you know, uh, medical colleges. And then somewhere along the line in this, you know, we, 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 we got away from this technique that is so powerful in its own right. So, um, yeah, you know, homeopathy is, is definitely a, a, you know, a modality that, uh, you know, needs to make a, a strong return again. And, and it is a little by little, but I know that there's some rules and regulations that we've got to get through. And I know that there, you know, you know, there's rules in Canada, there's rules here in New Zealand and across the United States. So it's it's finding its place uh, and we'll get there. So let's transition and let's talk about, you know, the new normal when we're talking about our animals. And I just want you to discuss what the new normal is from your opinion.
1: What exactly do you mean when you say "new normal, like like as far new, as I
0: care New normal in terms of um you know what we just perceive as, oh, this is just how it is, you know, Labradors oh. get you know um cancer you know mm-hmm. often, or you know uh, right. American bulldogs get hip dysplasia, you know that's right. just how it is,
1: right. Okay, well, I think everything that everybody that we think is normal is is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think um, a lot of it is is uh, I think pharma has a very strong hold on on the veterinary industry, and I think a dog is actually probably most likely born with most of its antibodies. He doesn't need vaccinating. I think every, all the puppies should be teeter tested um and uh and exposed and potentially exposed naturally as i know a lot of uh homeopathic vets are doing this and and really there's no need to i I definitely wouldn't be spaying and neutering the dog either i think uh you teach and um how to be responsible pet parents and because i think that's causing all kinds of problems in the system i don't know where it came that I don't know where it came from that to neuter or spay an animal at six months if they're eight, six months old, you know, to, we just wreak havoc on the system that's growing and needs to develop and stuff like that. And I, I don't think we really understand fully what the damage we're doing. And yeah, so I just think that the dog should be kept as naturally as possible or the animals should be kept as naturally as possible and they should never need drugs or, or anything else going in their system, unless it's a trauma situation. But the body is a strong is a strong, strong entity, and we should, we're, we're messing with it all the time. We just need to leave it alone and it's quite something when I get people's vet records and I look at what has gone into the little body the first year of their lifetime, I, I am absolutely astonished that this being is still alive, you know yeah. and it's yeah. it's all got to do with preventive. You know, will prevent. The animal. What people don't understand is, first of all, no one's vetting any of the stuff that's going into your animal. There's no safety checks. There's nothing. Out, there's no board out there making sure that any of the stuff is 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 good for this this little body. It is all about revenue, and uh, and the damage is 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 just you know it's just incredible. It's just incredible because it takes it takes me sometimes a year to heal the body to clean clean it out
0: yeah exactly it, it's you know we we have this approach that we just need to put you know I mean, not even just animals ourselves in this bubble of you know what looks perceived as protection you know what i mean yeah uh, yeah and not relying on our own body's ability to handle, you know, the majority of situations, you know, so this is, you know, something we've been doing for thousands and thousands of years, and then, you know, all of a sudden, in the last hundred, hundred years or so, it's like, oh no, this is not the right way. We need to use, um, you know, these chemical concoctions, and these are gonna, you know, help us maintain health and protect us. You know,
1: yeah, we need to
0: get out of the bubble bubble yeah. world. So let's talk about exactly that. How how does the body heal itself?
1: <laughs> well it it it, it protects in it it, it it protects the organs so the the goal you'll always see symptoms farther as far as far away from the head the brain and far away from the heart first so that's why you see hot spots and, and stuff on dogs around their base their tail and things and and itchy things come up on people on their feet and on their legs and things, because the body's trying to get the toxins away from the from the, the primary organs. And this is why it's so important to start paying attention to these 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 signals, because the system's having is, is really really under a lot of stress. So it's so it's it's very very cool because um, when you're healing, um, uh, when you're healing a body, it will always heal from the inside out and from the top, from the top to the bottom of the body. (laughs) Yep. Right. So
0: that's definitely the goal when I'm working with, my clients, the, you know, healing from the inside out. Okay, something's yeah. going on with the skin. Well, let's take a look at the gut. And the people are going, huh? We're talking yeah. about the skin here. <laughs> I said, it's all related. Trust me. Yeah, it's, it's all related.
1: Fair. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that's what the body will naturally do. So when you see things on the outside of the body, as you know, then it's, it's, it's a blessing, right? Because it's not sitting inside the inside. If it's sitting inside, then the body's probably, you know, won't, won't survive. So skin yeah. issues and tail issues and, and you know, yeah. So I had, um, I had one dog, I had one, uh, dog and, and the, the client, um, unfortunately, wasn't um, able to work with me. But, uh, you know, the first thing that animals showed was um, ACL injury. So ACL injury on one side. Okay, so then they operate. And, uh, and from my perspective, you don't operate because you need to heal, get the body to heal. But uh, they operated on the one side, and then the other side broke. So they operated the other side, and I said, "Okay, you guys aren't listening to the body. You're just you're just manipulating it, but you're not listening to why the body's giving you these signals." So then, then the body presented a tumor on the head, and I was like, "Okay, don't touch the tumor. We need to heal the body. Let's leave the tumor. It's not impacting anything yet. Let's see if we can heal the heal the, get the get the tumor down, and then we know the body's healing." cut the tumor out, and then a month later, the dog had heart failure. Oh, wow. You see? So the body goes, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, don't. <laughs> so by cutting everything out and, and and surgically repairing everything, you haven't done anything because the body hasn't been addressed. You've just been going, trial, you know, following symptoms, right? And so as soon as I saw the head tumor, I was like, okay, please, can I work with you? <laughs> To help you heal the body, but um, but they weren't comfortable, so but that's that's that that's how the and then the dog was, I think, the dog was five years old,
0: yeah. yeah I know it's a, that's 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 it, you know. The symptoms are the body communicating of what's going on, yeah, you know, and so it's just it's always more than just what we see on the surface or what's presenting you know there's layers and layers and everything is connected you know the body you know all these organs and tissues and bones and you know cells and nerves and and blood flow and it's all related it's all connected yeah. you know so it's it's we need to heal the entire body from the inside out and like you said top to bottom as well um, you know in order to really get that to to the to the state of um what is true normal you know what i mean yeah. so we yeah. talk about the new normal what is what is true normal You know? yeah
1: and it's so interesting you say that because everybody will say well my dog's always done that but that's what my dog is and i'm like by the time you've got all this chemical load into this this year this year old animal you have no idea what that dog's real natural state is right Right, so people are like, oh yeah, I know he always does that. He always like he always barks at that, or he's or he's chases water, or he does that. And I'm like, okay, that's not him. I'm like, that's that's a that is all you know man-made creation.
0: <laughs> right? Yep, I hear so, you there.
1: So it's, yeah, it's interesting because you got to really drill down into who this who is this dog, who is this who is this animal because the chemical load has done such a havoc on his brain and and system that we're really have to drill down to say, you know, and then people are like, wow, look, my dog's never done that. I'm like, oh, is he finally chilling? Is he finally relaxing and putting his feet up in the air? And they're like, my dog has never done that. I'm like, okay, now we're getting places. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's you want your animal to be happy, 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 right? Yep. You know, that's one thing that people always say to me, gosh, your animals are so happy. I'm like, yeah, because they feel good. You yeah, know?
0: exactly. Good,
1: right, they don't have the toxicity in their in their system and and in their brain. Right, yeah. to their brain.
0: So yeah. let's talk about the animal lifespan now. What is your thoughts on this? You know, it seems like the lifespan is being shortened when we're talking about um, animals here. And I was just doing a bit of research myself. I saw this, you know, they're giving cats, you know, the lifespan anywhere from two years to 16 years, you know, it's like, where, where does the two years come from? You know what I mean? Is it, has it, that, is it shrunk that much to where now cats are, you know, a normal lifespan for a cat is two years. Um, you know, let's talk about that.
1: Well, I mean, cats used to live to the 28 years old, right? 28 and dogs over 22. So, the issue is I think, you know, with um, if you get if you're able to find a dog that's grown up on the streets or perhaps north of Canada or, or where they haven't been exposed to the toxic to the toxic pet healthcare cycle, then they're gonna be then they their their lifespans will be a lot longer. But if you if you're breeding or buying animals from a breeder, which I don't agree with. Um, And this breeder is doing all this stuff to these animals and feeding them dog food. There's, they're just rooting the entire systems. So the systems are producing systems that just cannot deal with all this toxicity. So we're just, you know, it's just, it's cumulative. It's just cumulative. And, and also there's, there's also a problem with mindset too, because, For instance if i have a 12 year old dog that comes to me and i'm like okay this is what we need to do to heal him and it's going to be a bit of work but we'll get them there and uh and the thing is people will say well he's 12 i think he's old i'm gonna let him go like no he's not old (laughs) so it's a it's a real it's a real dilemma because people have been told, and they'll actually go get a dog and say, okay, well, he gonna live till eight, and so if he gets till six, it's good enough. You know what I mean? I'll just go get another one, right? So there's a whole mentality out there now too that assigns a a uh, a death ceiling to these animals, right? And I look at my lab who survived a heart failure. She's in the other room. I'm like, you better be living till like you're 17, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want you going any less than 17. You, you're strong, right? You know. But the average person, when she, you know, she, she's uh, she knows she's 12 and a half or almost 13. So, um, but um, you know, the person, nice. yeah. The, but the average person will say, well, she's 12. You know, or, you know, the dog's 12. Let them go. But dogs are dying like it. Four, five, six, right? I mean, it's it's oh, yeah. insane. It's, it, it's, we, we, you can't, you've got, people have got to look at things and go, this is just not acceptable. It's yeah. not acceptable what's going on anymore. Because people are making a lot of money from doing things to your animal and you're paying for it. And then it's just, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an insane system right now.
0: So Nicola, how do we support our animals to live a long, happy and pain-free life?
1: Oh, question, question, question.
0: <laughs>
1: I want everybody like to drill me. Like if people meet me, I just want to drill me, drill me, drill me. Like just question. People just don't question anymore. They just accept. And it's really, really dangerous because money is driving everything. And um, I think uh, the less you put into your animal, the better off your animal is going to be. That's just it. And they've just got to have fresh food. It can't be anything from the pet food industry. Nobody can be trusted. Nobody has to label things properly. It's just uh, pet food industry is just a lot of places to make a lot, a lot of money. And your animal is really suffering at the, as a result. And all, all our food comes from grocery stores. And it's everything we would eat. At, nothing from the pet food industry if anyone in my animals ever. So then I know if they, they go sideways a bit, then I know exactly what's in their system when you're buying from manufacturers and all these processed all this stuff you just have no idea what's in the stuff and a lot of it is very very dangerous yeah i mean
0: with <laughs> the heavy load of preservatives you know it's like you know when i really started diving into kibble and whatnot and it was that first experience too with my you know american bulldog moral you know it was like when we went, to, went to the holistic vet and he goes oh just start cooking for her i'm like what's what's why i thought i was giving her a good kibble diet now I, i'm you know cooking for her is going to be more beneficial making her own food and then you know once we did the research we were like ah okay now our eyes are starting to open a bit more um and and whatnot because you know it's it's food is just so important in terms of um you know the everything we've been discussing you know in terms of you know uh animal lifespan and and you know how to you know what what is the normal and, and everything else and yeah. you know and you're right question 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 I think a simple question for people to start off with, you know, would be when they are prescribed something, you know, let's just say they're, you know, somewhat of a, you know, they're down the traditional route and, you know, kind of following the, you know, standard um, procedures and whatnot. I think a simple question that people can ask uh, is to, you know, let's say they're vet, what is the side effect and what is the risk? Of me Mm -hmm. giving this to my animal you know just just as simple as that you Mm -hmm. know because you need to know both sides of the story you know this may yes help in one way but how is it affecting in a negative way as well and what is the risk as well you Mm -hmm. know to my animal you know be from me giving this drug or whatever you know therapy um to to my dog cat or horse or whatever else you know so I, I think that's a simple question to start with and then you know i think you're referring to his question is like really dive in and dig deep um what, you what you explain in your own words what do you mean by question
1: i think i think we think like when somebody's there that is a professional uh, you know the hats off to them thank you so you know for for their information but i don't i would like to take your information and go away and think about it and, and also, I will, I will look up every single drug, because on average, most drugs that are being put into animals are not for humans. and, and that's because they've been tested on animals and they're not okay for humans. <laughs> yep. And most of them are very, very toxic. If you go look at their MSD set, DS sheets, so the ma- the materials uh, safety data sheets, mm-hmm. you, will look, you will be shocked what they say like stuff like medicam serenia all that stuff right it's just it's just lethal and i think you just need to take the information and walk away and go and think is this the best course for my animal and if your animal's been vomiting and doesn't want to eat that's a good thing because the body wants needs to take time to recalibrate but everybody wants everything fixed really like they want they want things fixed they don't want to wait they don't want to question and, and and see and just give the, it takes some time and this is this has to stop too because the body needs time to heal and healing is a non-overnight thing <laughs> you know yep. for an animal to be ill it's taken a long time to get there. it hasn't just happened overnight It's been brewing for ages probably mm-hmm. right So the fixing is takes a bit of time but, but the thing is you don't have to be in any rush and you should always find a professional that supports you in looking into things. And it's interesting because I was watching uh, The Truth About Vaccines. I'm not sure if you've been watching it at all. Have you heard about it perhaps?
0: No, I don't think I have oh. watched that one. I mean, I've seen a few of them, but I haven't yeah. seen that one in particular.
1: Anyway, so it's really interesting. And they're talking about informed consent, informed consent, and they said nobody gives it, like the doctors don't have time to give it anymore. And nobody's giving it because really you should be given everything that you should be given the list of ingredients that's in everything that is uh, suggested to go into your animal as well as you if you were going to the doctor. Like what is, like you were saying, like what are the positives, what are the negatives, how will it impact the body, right? And, and that all that information should be provided and it's not being provided anymore you know so it's really where did it
0: go where what happened i mean did we just it just became so normal and people just started you know being accepting it for decades that we, now we don't need to provide this information anymore did the did the rules change did the laws change i don't under, it's hard to really understand how we could be so blind to you know a situation like this you know what i mean where yeah. it's like oh. yeah
1: sorry go ahead sorry
0: no, no, yeah. Feel free, feel
1: free. I just think I just think people are in a rush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and I don't think they, they also perhaps don't realize that what is being suggested it could be really, really harmful. And, and, and the person maybe suggesting may have, uh, maybe coming from a, a good place, but and they might not even have the training because we know vaccinology is not was not is not something that vets are trained in. Yet it is probably more than fifty percent of their revenues, right? Absolutely. So, in their businesses, and a lot of a lot of businesses, they said if they couldn't if they couldn't vaccinate your animal continuously like they are now, they wouldn't survive. They wouldn't be open for business. So the question um, becomes like they're on a treadmill. You're going into a, into a treadmill system. So you you've got to really if you go in the door. Um, make sure you really know what you're looking for and be able to walk away and say, you know, I need to think about that for now. And yeah,
0: that's a great point. You know, take some time to, to like you said, question and do your homework on it. Yeah. Um, before you make, uh, so you can make an informed decision on your animal's health, you know, because they're relying on you ultimately, right? They didn't bring themselves there. And, yep. you know, and most dogs <laughs> book an appointment.
1: Yeah. And most animals do not want to go into the vet. <laughs> right? yeah. You see them putting their skids on, right? they you know, yep. skidding as they're going in there. So
0: Yep, demeanor changes, even if you have the most yeah. calm, relaxed, you know, you still see just there's just a yeah. slight hesitation, you know, it's almost like they can smell that energy before they walk in, yeah. you know.
1: And I would say based on vet bills, probably ninety five percent was on a vet bill. Like I, I will get pages, like I I get people send me their red bills. it's pages and pages and the dog's so young and i'm just getting pages and pages and i'd say like probably well probably probably more than 95 probably about you know 98 of it is like not needed and then people have got to understand that what they're driving with all this cost like doing all this too is you're now supporting an a new industry which is called patent insurance which was never needed before but now, because there's so much damage being done to our animals, we can't afford to fix them. So now we're getting pet insurance, right? So it's another whole cycle that's being propagated.
0: Just open up another door. Yeah. Um, for yeah. profits. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. let's talk about you know I, I want to dive into this topic here, and I know this is one that kind of kickstarted your your journey as well. And in terms of, and I know we touched on it a little bit, but let's let's go into vaccination. So let's let's start with you know, your, your 12 year old dog and what was she vaccinated for? And then let's, let's just discuss where we're at in terms of, you know, give me your thoughts on vaccination and, and how can we use other tools to provide natural protection?
1: Oh, here's your, here's your background coming in. Well, I I will I would when well, if I ever had a young dog I would teeter test them to make sure they're covered. There are any bodies I would teeter test them a few times because the body does, um, inter, you know, some days the body has down days and, and other days the the body's better. Just depends how the dog's feeling, or animal's feeling. But um, and then if I was uh, at all worried that they weren't covered, I would use no-so's from you. <laughs> to make sure they're covered. I would not vaccinate um, with the mainstream vaccinations right now because, first of all, I don't think they're safe. They might have been safe years ago. I don't know exactly what was in them concoction-wise, but I don't believe in multiple vaccinations. I think it's absolutely insane that we're shoving uh, so many viruses and bacteria into the body at once, which the body would never encounter in its lifetime you know and and um and i and i this is just my view i have no scientific knowledge about this whatsoever but i believe what's happening is we're putting these live viruses when, when some of them have live viruses in the body and i believe that they're sitting in there and when the body is compromised in any way they take over i don't think you're just I don't think you're just creating antibodies and the body's safe and sound. And it's all, I don't think that's what's going on at all. I think it's a, and I don't know exactly what I'm talking about here. I just know from my experience with my animal that we were moving and she got stressed and all of a sudden she starts showing distemper. signs. She can't walk. She can't, you know, we're looking at her, my, my homie, but it's going, what happened to her? And I said, I have no idea. He goes, I think it's distemper. And I go, why would it be distemper? She's been vaccinated against it. And ding, 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 ding. There you go. We've got the wow. virus in the body. I actually thought she stepped on pesticides or something, but no, it just kept brewing, brewing. And then we're like, no, it's distemper. It's the virus that was she was. So the vaccination was, was activated because she was stressed because she was, you know, so somebody with an immuno, in, uh, sorry, immunology would have to explain more about that. I don't know how that works, but that's what we witnessed, and that's what yeah. we and that's what we cured. But uh, wow. yeah, it's incredible. And uh, and then uh, yeah, so um, so that's that's my stance. And I think it's it's irresponsible to be putting multiple vaccinations. And even though the vaccines say to the vets, don't put them all in at once, or don't put them in. You see constantly. You know the non-core going in with the core, going with rabies all at once, and then the dog goes in next week for for uh, you know skin issues, for ear issues, for eye issues, and then the other thing I have a problem with is you know the dog's has their first round; they already show that their system's not okay. They have ears, eyes, ish, you know, all kinds of stuff, and then then they just keep on they just keep on checking the boxes. You know? Yeah,
0: you know and the other situation is. The toxic load that is in there as a preservative and a protective, you know, within the the vaccination itself is just flooding the animal with chemical.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's, going, to,
0: it's going to affect three major areas. It's the brain, it's the central nervous system, and it's the gut, you know, yes. and, and as soon as you're starting to throw off those things, you know, we, that's where, where health is going to be challenged, you know, dramatically with the animal. You know yeah. it's, it's what else is in those other ingredients you know those oh uh, you know
1: yeah it's horrendous because you know this polysorbate 80 which is a vein apparently goes across the vein barrier barrier so this is how they you know the, the viruses are traveling into the brain because your brain is really protected but in the, in the vaccinations they're using all these emulsifiers to actually travel places which they the viruses and bacteria would never have access to and what people need what we all need to understand is that when we contra- when we when we contract a virus, we are designed to receive it through our skin, through our nose, through our eyes, through you know through these arteries, and then it goes through our I want to say like our alarm, our alarm system, security system, right? It goes through our natural security system before it gets to anywhere close to our brain or our heart, right? Yep. Well, Well, animals have the same thing. So when they encounter rabies along a rabbit animal that's left its scent or whatever, then then they will automatically the system will automatically be engaged naturally to, to produce antibodies because it's coming through their nose and they're, you know, the system knows what to do. What we're doing is we're going right into the body. We're bypassing the entire security system and then slamming the body and the body's going, how the hell did this thing get in here? <laughs> right. And going crazy. Right. Because it's it, it come from a place that it, it's bypassed the entire entire system.
0: Right? Ah, uh, that's a great point. Yeah, it's bypassed the, yeah. you know, the exposure to the mucosal membrane yeah. first, yeah. which yeah. Is, signals, and you know, different processes for the immune system and everything else. All of a sudden, yeah. it's, boom, it's in the bloodstream <laughs> and it's yeah. like, "Whoa, hold on a second. Um our processes are all thrown off here, you know. Yeah.
1: How did we get this invader this this way? How did this enter this system this way because our body's not designed to receive invaders that way. It comes through, you know, there's a cyst, There's a way the body processes everything.
0: Exactly. But, so, yeah. uh, titer testing. Let's let's discuss that. You know, for you know, because this is a great way to just figure out. Okay. So y- you explain what titer testing is, if you don't mind.
1: Oh well, titer testing is wh- uh, where they test your the animal's blood to see if it, it has antibodies for that particular issue, that particular virus or bacteria you're trying to check against.
0: That's right, so this can be done as soon as you acquire the pup, right? Even before, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's why they say you can't give some of the vaccinations before before sixteen weeks because the animal already has the antibodies. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? So we're that's actually true. we're actually vaccinating. We're actually vaccinating when we know the animal already is covered. Isn't that cruel? I
0: think that's cool. it it is you know yeah. absolutely upside down
1: yeah. you
0: know and just you know contradicting very yeah. contradicting yeah and yeah so so titer testing is is a great way to figure out if the antibodies are in the animal system you know yeah. and, and once the antibodies are there then your the body knows how to defend from that certain um disease basically yeah. so you can test for this stuff you know and and and, and we also can look at this long term and let's say for whatever reason you've rescued an animal, um, like for me, I rescue my animals, so there's no way for me to get around any vaccination situation, right? My my yeah. dogs had to be vac vaccinated, and they had to be um, uh, spayed as well before I acquired them. Like there was no other way because they obviously these the rescue center had to follow certain guidelines of the government. But long term, you know, they say, "Oh, I need to redo the test, um, you know, the rabies and whatnot every two years or whatnot, or provide a tighter test to show that the antibodies are still in the system." Right. Mm-hmm. So I think this is this needs to be offered hand in hand and be more visible. And I know that some countries don't even accept that, you know, or some. I think it's maybe in some states in the United States. But this needs yeah. to be a visible way for us to go. You know what? We need to look and see if the antibodies are still there before we just go ahead and inject them, you know, and, 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 you know, two years later or a year later, whatever the protocol is, with just another chemical concoction. You know what I mean? This is just a great way to just um, not have to go through um, the, the process of polluting the animal in order to protect it from this, you know, quote unquote, deadly disease, you know, let's figure out if the animal's already naturally protected from it. Or maybe it's because of the first um, round of vaccination is why they have the antibody as well, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's just it's just insane because, you know, like we all know, like we were all vaccinated once for whatever we were vaccinated for. We've never gone for multiple vaccinations. So people have to start questioning, you know, <laughs> Why is multiple vaccinations required? And it's it's all revenue. It's got nothing to do with health. And the reason why the rabies three year rabies exists is because they actually ran out, they actually stopped the study then. So they, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you know they actually that's that's why there's this three year limit. And it's not because no one tested was the animal covered. No no no. They just stopped the clinical trials. They like, say okay well let's like make it the three year mark and just we'll just keep on going. But 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 actually no one. I, I believe no one in vaccine, in the vac- in the vaccine industry says that you have to keep vaccinating. I think this has all been adopted by the vet industry.
0: I could so be wrong. strange.
1: But, yeah. So- you
0: know, it's, it is so strange. You know, especially with, and you know, I've heard that before. With the the three year rabies mark, it's like, oh no, we just stopped the testing after that. So uh, let's just go ahead and go with another round. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that the best way we should be approaching health? Can't we do better? Yeah then just go, Oh, well just, let's just give it three years and let's go from there. You know, no, we need, then that's where we as pet owners need to step in and go, you know what, I want what's best for my animal and we demand better than this. You know what I mean?
1: And the body is an intelligent system. So there's all this fear and, and this is what the media propagates. And it's just, it's just this constant fear and the body is an intelligent, intelligent system. It, it, is, it is designed to handle nature and especially animals and look after itself. The question becomes how toxic is the body? And the only way the body is compromised is if the toxic load has just become so great that the body can't cope. But if you keep the bodies clean and keep the diet excellent, and don't put anything on your animal, like flea and tick. Like keep all that stuff well away from your animal, and just look after you, the diet, and, and 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 also make sure you're an emotionally stable person to live with. That's really important. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, uh, then, then the animal will be fine. You know, yep. it's all this. is all this. Oh, what if? What if stuff? And that's all. That is all media generated. That's all pharma generated. That's all. You know. You know. So people keep 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 you buying. All, yep.
0: Exactly exactly it's funny that you say you know the the, the life, the human as well you know it's, it's it's a bit of a funny joke within the you know homeopathic industry or kind of holistic health industry i guess in general it's like You know, in order for us to treat the animal, we need to treat the human first. Oh, yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's talk about the flea, tick, you know, heartworm, some of this stuff that goes on monthly. Again, another, you know, chemical concoction. So what's the dangers and what are your alternatives?
1: I don't use alternatives. I don't believe the body needs it. To me, the alternatives are diet. Your diet is... Mm -hmm you know, you have a good strong, you have a good diet, the body's strong, then that's your, that's your defense. The flea and tick thing, it is, it they are, they are lethal. They are absolutely, it is incredible that this stuff is, is, it, 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 it's just incredible because you're not even supposed to touch it yourself yet. You're putting it all over the, the, you know, an, an organic being and expecting him to be, them to be okay. But it, it, causes, it causes seizures, brain damage, all kinds of stuff. It's absolutely horrendous. And again, it's all fear propagated. If you have a strong animal uh, that's fed well, he will never get fleas and ticks. I mean, that's an odd tick, of course, in the forest, but it'll fall off. It won't, it won't, you know, it won't visit and stay for a while and propagate <laughs> a whole family of ticks. I mean, the animal will, will ditch it, you know, automatically. So I raise, you know, put a bit more garlic, or make sure that the dogs have lots of antibacterials any available to them if they need them, and just keep their system really, really supersonic strong. And you brush them daily if they're out in the forests, as we are in the summer, and we never have issues. And the one time um, we did have fleas, this was when we adopted our young uh, our young flat coat retriever. We adopted her from an older couple. She came in, she was having seizures, and she couldn't sleep. She was like, I actually felt she was living outside of her body. Um, She was, she was just so skittish and she's just not well. She's just not well. So she was a haven for fleas. Of course they jumped on because she was, she was just not, not, you know, body, mind, spirit, just not okay. And, um, and so I was like, okay, we've got fleas now. Lovely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so we we just we just pumped her system you know i worked on her with lots of zoopharmist she couldn't process very much though i had to be very careful with her because her system was really really you had to be really careful with her that's what that's my intuition said just had to you know you can't push healing like i said you've got to it takes you've got to allow every being has to be allowed the space and the time to heal according to their own needs and and journey and um so we just Pumped up with with full with um with really really good food. She was on dog food, and uh, and um, and uh, just flea combed her twice a day. We made it fun, so we, she'd spring out, a flea comb, and she'd go lay down her spot. And then we just you know she'd get bits of carrot or something to, while she was doing it. And she's got flea combed and got bathed now and then. And eventually they were gone once we got her body up and strong. And the other two animals never had fleas that we had with us. So so yeah, it was it's proud. a good. It, it, the fleas, great indi- fleas. Sorry, go
0: ahead. I was gonna say it's a great indicator of health, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the animal is more prone to getting fleas and and ticks and whatnot because they do thrive on the weak. You know, they yeah. they they sense yeah, that, yeah. and yeah. I can see that with my animals. You know, unfortunately, we just lost one, our cat a few weeks ago. Oh, she got ran right. over. But um, oh. when we brought when we adopted the two cats uh, about a year ago. Um, my dogs didn't have any fleas, right? They were young pups and raised on raw food. And, you know, we live on a farm here up in, you know, Northern part of Auckland and they didn't have any fleas. Um, and I know they're out there for sure. I mean, Auckland's known for year, year round season, you know, and, uh, you know, some of these cats were brought in and, and these, and one of the cats in particular was just infested with fleas. Um, and the other cat wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. but then sure enough they, they they you know eventually got on to my dogs as well, but then the one you know one of the two has 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 always had a, a bit has been a bit more sensitive, and you could tell she's you know she gets um, she, her health is challenged more often than the other pup, you know they two sisters same litter. Um, So she had more fleas on than the other ones. So you could see the two, you know, the the two weaker immune system animals were more prone to the fleas than the other ones, you know? And it was just a great indication of, okay, what's going on health-wise? You know, something, it's a, there's a deeper layer that we need to address uh, besides what it, we see on the outside. And right now, we see on the outside is fleas. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I love what you were talking about in terms of, you know, ad- addressing the system with food, you know, and that's just a very powerful way. So let's discuss diet. Let's talk about diet and how it plays a role in health.
1: <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> It's just everything, isn't it? I mean, if you don't feed the body what it what it you know nutrients and, it, from the from the from the from the planet, then it won't it won't live long. It just won't won't be able to survive. Won't be able to clean, detox, do all the things it, it knows to do. So it's a, it's essential, that, yeah, and it's really really tough because because a lot of the animals that are are being farmed in, in, in industry are being like horribly treated and injected and all the horrible things that are that are happening to them and our animals our dogs cats everybody they're rejecting the food i believe because they don't recognize what the heck this stuff is so it's a very different um there's a very different animal that's on a factory farm versus an animal that's on a grass-fed farm and gets to live his life right Mm, yep so you've got you know your vitamin D in the body, you've got happy animal, you've got one that's been respected,'s been honored and stuff, and then you've got the animal that's just been forced into like this just, just horrible, horrible circumstances and and uh, and I believe a lot of our animals are kicking this meat back to you know they're like, I know some of my my cat my, some of my cats, they'll be like, I'm not touching that. <laughs> I'm like okay must us come from somewhere weird so let's toss that out and go get you know do a better job <clears throat> but but it matters it all matters and so all the food needs to be fresh as fresh as possible so lots of you know for to feed the cells of the body you know so the animals that they need the, the dogs and the cats they need their their meat and their, their cats get a little bit of veg and stuff and and uh you know lots of fruit and it depends upon what the season is if it's hot and cold or damp right so the fruit should all alter a bit according to what's going on in the seasons and it depends how they're feeling too so if they're not feeling that great then yeah you give them more warming warming foods versus cooling foods and all that matters yeah
0: Mm, yeah that's a good point never thought of that right yeah so
1: when it's really really hot here you know they get lots of cucumbers and and lots of things save a lot of watermelon and melons to cool their body, keep their body cool because the water content in there and their body is really, really important, of course. And and uh, you know, dogs on dry food. When you convert people from pet industry food onto fresh food or animals, sorry. Yeah, pet parents. <laughs> um, they're always like, "My dog's not drinking. My dog's not drinking." I'm like, "No, no, no it's fine." <laughs> they get, they're getting the water content in their food, and that's so you know people just don't understand how much they're lacking, right? So, you know, if you take a cat, a cat that's fed dry food, and when we adopted one of our cats, and he was just peeing his guts out, and you're like, "Oh, this poor animal," because he's drinking so much trying to push this food through his system, right? And then six months later, we got him on raw in three days, but it took six months for the body to heal, those kidneys to heal, wow. and uh, and um, and then finally, you know, and, and then finally, his urine output was so so small, but also, you know, no more drinking, right? Yep,
0: yeah. absolutely. But, uh, so so you go, you feed raw. Um, I'm assuming you know we were yep. talking about fresh food, and would that yep. would be considered, you know, raw food now. There's a, a couple of different ways to view this as well. Now, where do you, first of all, source your food from? Um, let's, let's, let's start there. Where do you source your food? Do I source, you use a brand or do you go to far, um, You know, hunters or how do you do it?
1: Um, if I, 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 go to, um, I go to farms, I go to local farms and I also uh, go to the grocery store And and if I can stay away from anything industry, I will. That's my goal.
0: Now, in terms of of protein selection, do you look at that, you know, there's a real great company and, and, you know, shout out to Raw Essentials here in New Zealand um, that does, you know, basically they're just, there's, I think about nine stores around the country, primarily in Auckland, and they're only raw food, like you walk in and it's just a bunch of freezers and you go select. Um, yep. so they do a great job about pin- pinpointing cause there's uh, animals can be sensitive even to the best of the best food. Right. And yep. we know this. Um, so they say, well, if you have a sensitive animal, um, you know, that might, you know, express some allergies to even this raw diet, then eliminate the four big proteins, which is pork, chicken beef and lamb and the reason why is because a lot of these animals are grain fed so then everything that they're fed farm you know they're 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 uh, grain fed um they're farmed in a way where um you know it's le- a little bit less organic so of course all that's gonna pass through into the meat uh, and into the proteins and then so they'll be absorbing a bit of that which is probably the grain that's in you know the the molecules and whatnot that is in the protein, even though it's a raw, it's a raw, high quality food might be causing problems because we, so basically what I'm saying is, um, we need to know exactly what those animals are eating as well. You know, I know we're getting a a bit deep into it, but you know, what are your thoughts around that?
1: Oh no, absolutely. Absolutely. you really got to really dig down into what the companies are doing and where they're getting that, where they're getting their proteins from. And that's sometimes really hard to do because what they stay on the website and what they're doing are two different things. Um, and you can drill down, you know, I've done lots of emails to companies and you, it's really hard to get the information. Um, but absolutely most, most animals, I steer them clear of beef and chicken. I don't yeah. I don't. I keep them at and pork is a big no because of the parasites. So um, so lamb is usually a good go to. We do venison, buffalo, do a bit of fish. Um, you know, so I, Yeah. So that's where we go. Um, yeah. And the poultry not poultry not so much because of uh, of how everything's farmed. Yeah. So that's what we. Do. So and then there's there's also like if your animal has um, developed allergies. I mean, I don't know how homeopathy would, uh, deal with that. Um, but I know you can reset the immune system using NAET therapy. Have you heard of that? No, it's
0: really, it's really, exactly. really
1: tapping. It's really what you're tapping. You put the protein next to the body and you re- and you tap it out because the immune system has somehow along the line, along the, along, along the way at some point registered that this protein is, um, something to attack and something not good for the body. So you have to re re realign the immune system and you do that by tapping along the spine with the protein. That's very, wow. very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. it's really cool. There's this lady who, who invented it. Uh, she's Indian. I'm, I shouldn't know her name, but I don't, I'm sorry. And, uh, it's the therapy is named after her and she could only, <laughs> she could only eat broccoli. She couldn't eat anything else. Everything else would like make her go crazy. And so she's like, okay, seriously, this can't be the way I have to live. And so she, she uh, did some investigations and said, okay, I have to realign my whole system. So she did. And then so she could eat food again. (laughs) That's the real, that's the real basic, the real basics of it. Right. Of course it's a lot more in depth than that, but, but that's it. So um, so when we were trying to figure out the distemper thing, what we did is we tapped everything out of my lab system to make sure that she wasn't actually kicking any of the food back. To make sure she hadn't picked up because the problem with the vaccinations with what they're using in the serums is they're using all kinds of funny stuff and some of them are, uh, are using they're using chicken embryos and they're using all kinds of stuff so when you're being vaccinated you're, you don't know exactly what you're being vaccinated against and and this is where a lot of the allergies are coming from too because you're actually being vaccinated with chicken <laughs> and therefore the body's saying ah, don't chicken yeah so we're just making a mess of things right
0: yeah yeah i know it's it's (laughs) it's never ending right and we could go on for hours and i love this discussion this one (laughs) has been one of my favorites for sure so nicola i really appreciate you taking the time to uh talk to the audience today and talk to me too you know this has been a great conversation so for everybody out there how do they find you um, so we could start with, you know, your information as far as website and Instagram or however you work, you know, where, where can they find you in your, in your services?
1: Um, I'm really, I just really have my website up and running. I'm not big on social media. I know I need to do a better job, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> very, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's still something I'm really natural at. So, um, but, um, yeah, my website, it's, it's animals, body, mind, spirit. Thank you dot com. And, uh, and yeah, I, my phone number, my email is there and people can reach me and my Instagram's almost up and running, but it's a, it's a process.
0: <laughs> right. So where are you? You, you, I know you work zoom all over the world as I do. Yeah. Um, where are you, where's your, do you have a physical location or you yeah. just go see clients around your area?
1: Yeah, no, I do. I go see clients on my area. Um, and I go into Toronto quite a bit. So I, I, I try and, uh, work with clients there um but i'm just north of vancouver so i cover the whole corridor really up and down up to whistler and further beyond that and down south of vancouver yeah
0: nice nice yeah. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the little town that we visited uh, sun peaks we were up there a couple of years ago it was just one phenomenal trip uh, i yeah. think it's called sun peaks you know what i'm talking about
1: no i have to look it up
0: I think it's called Sun Peaks. Yeah, it's past. It's it's like the quiet version of of Whistler. Oh, is Maybe it? Maybe not at, at, as big. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: we're still we're still um tra- you know getting. We came in here. We came and uh, came to this place from uh, the Netherlands. So we've been here just a few years. So we're still getting our our feet on the ground.
0: Nice world world travelers, eh?
1: Yeah, big world travelers. Yeah, we're here though. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Nicola. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.
1: Thank you.